Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards one Australia territory, host Captain Matt Reed is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Welcome to another edition of the Candidates Podcast. Good to have your company. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the iTunes uh, Candidates account, you can go to more about officership and then you'll receive, or if you subscribe, you'll receive um, the new podcasts on your device uh, each at the end of each week. And also they'll be loaded onto the Facebook page, which is the Salvation Army uh, Australia Candidates. Uh, we're in Adelaide. We're at uh, DHQ in the chapel uh, with Daisy, the bulldog, and her parents, <laughs> uh, her real parents, uh, Captains uh, Kath and Phil Abrams. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Uh, Kath, let's start with you. We, well, we know your current role is officer recruitment in South Australia. And Phil, you've got... Uh, and Northern Territory. And Northern Territory. And Phil, you're at... ACH towards and towards independence, yeah. so it's a good um, it's a good kind of mix. And we're going to hear lots about your story, uh, which we're interested in, particularly around church planting, which you did for a number of years, and then sort of transitioning to other uh, other appointments post that. But first of all, let's find out some more about you, Kath. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I came into the Salvation Army at probably age sixteen uh, after growing up in the Baptist Church because of him. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I could see this handsome fella from um, from the congregation sitting up in the band playing first cornet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, oh, be careful because yeah. your brother-in-law was sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, that's not yep. awkward at all. Okay. Yeah, it just confirming it was actually Phil okay. that I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So of course God God called me to the army. <laughs> So, yes, so I came into South Barwon at yep. the age of about 16 or 17 and uh, and then met Phil, got engaged, married. Um, add that you went to New Zealand in that time. Oh, yeah. For 12 months. What did you go to New Zealand for? Um, I had a gap year and uh, and worked in a school over there as a teacher's aide for, for 12 months yeah. after finishing high school. What, what were you doing? Um, at that stage, I'd started my apprenticeship, so I was an apprentice plumber, and yeah, had okay. a had a year of working and surfing, <laughs> <laughs> surfing and working, yeah, yeah. yeah surfing okay. and working. Cool. Now, surfing because where did you live? Well, we moved from Geelong to Leopold, so we lived just about fifteen minutes from Geelong, and okay, um, ten minutes from Ocean Grove. So yeah, a lot of our time was spent on the beach, but then after that. Our calling into officership led us to Torquay. Yeah, right. Okay, so let, let's talk about that because you have different path. I mean, it, everyone's got a different pathway to ministry. Yeah. Um, but you guys were uh, Gowan's lieutenants, not ex-lieutenants, as we yes. were talking about before. Um, so why, why did you choose that path? Obviously, how? Oh, sorry, let's go back. How old were you when you decided ministries for us? Um, I think it was it was two thousand and four. So that'd make. We're still pretty young. My yeah. brain's hurting just thinking about it. <laughs> um, so we, what does that make it? Uh, 15 years a ago. Time. A long yeah, time ago. A long so time I, ago. 20, 29, 
yeah. 30, something okay. about there. Cool. Um, so you're plumbing? Yeah. You're we teaching, our, aiding? Is that what you were doing before? No, we I had was, our own business. Yeah. So we'd, oh. we'd branch from working for um, Herbie Schmicky and yep. um, into our own business. So, okay. yeah. Cool. So you're already in a business. So the kids were little. Yeah. So Chloe was just entering primary school, I think it was, yeah, and Jack was in kinder when we moved to Torquay and uh, and started planting the church down in Torquay. Okay, so um, this is, I'm really interested to talk about this because you guys did this for a long time. Talk about planting a church, what you learnt, um, what you, what the hits were, what the misses were and even stuff for people who kind of listen in, what, what are some of the things, you know, if you've got a desire to Planet Church, what are some of the things you need to be aware of? Who's, who's going <laughs> to... This is a pretty um, interesting conversation because our, our brief of appointment was go and start something in Torquay. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, go and do an... A here's real, a congregation. Yeah, here's a congregation to yeah. start, but it's go and start something in Torquay. But we're still attached to South Barwon, so... Yeah. Um, we went through the whole... Um, oh, so you're still part of another core? Yeah, so we were attached to South Barron yeah, right, okay. as part of the planting process. Okay, I didn't know. Um, but one of the things that we'd found out was through the um, inter-lieutenant stuff, they did a church planter's profile. Yeah. And we didn't fit the profile. Oh, yeah. So every, everything that was <laughs> talked about in the profile came back and said, no, these guys shouldn't be planters. So okay. um, that was a pretty... So um, did you know that? No. Oh. <laughs> Not until we did the profile. Um, no, no, but once you, you planted the core, like yep. so you started the planting, did yep. someone say, actually, just so you know, we did a profile on you and this is probably isn't going to work? Or did they say, we still think that this is what you should be doing? Before we'd started, they said, we don't f- think you fit the profile of planters. Um, we sat in. Well, with it, that, that sort of encouragement, what yeah, could possibly yeah. go wrong? Awesome. Um, <laughs> I think it was difficult, though, because um, the people who did the planting assessment weren't aware of the army structure. So some of the questions that they asked yeah. were not applicable for the army. Uh, so I think that maybe varied the results. Uh, I think that's why our brief of appointment was that we were still assistant officers uh, at South Barwon and then it was just to start something. So I don't know whether or not they thought, oh, these guys aren't going to cut it <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just get it cranking? Yeah. So what did you do? You, you'd turn up at Torquay and wander around and think, let's just go surfing See if we can meet some people or... <laughs> yeah. Like how, what think, was the process for you guys? Well, because the we'd had a presence in Torquay for about 10 years with a thrift shop and um, there was a few things going on in the thrift shop. So I think for the first three months we actually just got to know the community and worked in the thrift shop. Uh, and That's a good idea. And at the time I think we thought this is not what we thought planning a church would be, working in a thrift shop. Um, But I think in retrospect it was amazing because the community got to know us and and we got to know what the community was and, Mm. yeah, so it was actually you can see God's hand in the whole thing. Yeah. So the thing with Torquay Thrift Shop, it was set up by South Bar and probably 10 years prior um, to us moving in with the thought to start a ministry, you know, of some description there as an outpost of South Bowen. Um, but at the same time, being in the thrift shop meant we met 
a hundred paying customers a day. Yeah. Um, that's not to say the ones who just cut through the the shop to cross the, you know, so you got a real sense of what the community yeah. was like and who the community people were and yeah. um, who were the power players, you know, who were, yeah. The winches. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you go to college? We didn't think it was right for us. Um, I think we'd had ministry experience. As a yep. disclaimer, I don't think you should have. I'm just asking why you didn't. I think we thought, well, the need is now. And you can argue and say, well, it's still going to be there in two years after going to training college. Um, But for us, it just didn't fit where we were at with our family, um, with a young family, and um, we just sensed that the time was right. And I guess that was proven in, as you look back. um, And tell the truth, you wanted to live at the beach. Oh, who wouldn't? Thank you. you. (laughs) Who who wouldn't? You can dress it up all you like, but I know it's about surfing. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget there's really good coffee shops. Oh, obviously. That's and good. there's all the factory outlets and mm. yeah. But I, I think all jokes aside, like Frank Daniels gave us the option, do you want to go to yeah. college or do you want to start yeah. straight away? So he was the DC at the time. He was the DC so, at the so time. So I think it's a, a, an interesting question because a lot of people think, oh, and I know, I know it's changing with different training modes and stuff. Like there is like go to college, be an officer, but there are other ways to become... Yeah, a Salvation Army officer. I'm just yeah. interested, like, young kids, you know, you'd sort of say, oh, the perfect sort of, yeah, off to college, it'd be yeah. great, you know. But you obviously talked about it, prayed about it yeah. and, and just have had a sense that actually this is the path, this is the life that we want but we just, we, we want to do it a different, or not, yeah, at the time, yeah. a, a fairly unique and different way. But it wasn't like we didn't have training along the way, like the... Um, our divisional headquarters were very intentional about um, making sure that we had some training in in planting and so we would go to church planting conferences. Uh, And so I think the start of it, we would push on a Wednesday night, uh, we would push the racks back in the thrift shop and have a small group. So there'd be probably about 20 of us Mm. um, to 25 every Wednesday night um, having a small group in the thrift shop. Uh, and then... What's community too? You know, building... Yeah, yeah. it's just faith about... Faith community, yep. yeah. Relationships, 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 which ha- only happens over time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in that 11 years, what what did it become? Like from pushing the racks back, like what did it evolve into through, you know, obviously God's in amongst all that. Yep. But what did you, what did you get to witness and be a part of? We... <laughs> We found that we were connecting with people who were disconnected from church. We were dis- not disconnected from God but yep. disconnected from church as a mainstream, you know, 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning or 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning if you're a salvo. And, um, <laughs> six o'clock at night. Yeah, six <laughs> o'clock at night. So we, we tried to break the mould and reach into the community with that. So yeah. when we finished, we sort of finished with, a, you know, 100 people on a Sunday morning, but we'd morphed that along the way. Um, you know, we started with Sunday evening and then that sort of didn't work for a while, so we put on a meal and we morphed that and we changed, yeah. you know, to suit the demographic of the community. So, you know, we thought... Do you, do you think being a young church, like a, a young expression, that you're more flexible? Absolutely. You just moved to yeah. the needs of the people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I think people were used to change. Like it wasn't... 
Oh, so culturally you said, actually, you know how we, we've been meeting at night time? Yeah. We're now meeting in the morning. People yeah. go, oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. As opposed to, nope. We have always done yeah, certain things. But we started with a um, – we surveyed the community. So we sent out and we asked people within the thrift shop and we surveyed – like we had 120 families connected in with mainly music um, mm. to start with and then as those families, then their children grew up, we then uh, started a kids club. And then after those kids grow up, you know, like when you're there for a long period of time, those kids yeah. that first came um, to mainly music, like we had one family that just transitioned with us the whole time and then they came, then we had a youth pastor. So, yeah, um, okay. yeah so as the, the families grew and like we were in the schools doing CRE uh, in the schools, so everyone knew us in town and, and everyone you know, oh, there's the Salvo people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and because our kids were little, you know, like you're just doing community yeah, yeah. with the families, you know, so... You go to footy on Saturday or yeah. Wednesday night and you just meet the same group of people and then you, yeah. you know, you go to netball, you meet, meet the next group of people, you play basketball in the local, you know, you go mountain biking or surfing, you, you know, you're meeting that group of people but it's over a longer period of time instead yeah. of that short space. yeah. Um, but you can see God's hand in the whole thing because then after we had been there a couple of years, we looked at the Bureau of Statistics of, and at the time when we were there, Torquay was the fastest growing rural community in Victoria. And we met, like you know how they say you attract people like yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's why, no, I won't go there. <laughs> but... I'm not uh, saying anything. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> you um, can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> that the community were the same age and had the same aged kids. Yeah. Of those that were moving into the community uh, and meeting the needs. But then there was also the professional part of it. So the plant, the guys that planted with us, we were both tradesmen and then um, what was the other for, for females, the, the other highest... So we fit the two highest male and female employment demographic of the okay. community um, and then add to that the kids' age. So yeah. we, we fit You're in the, smack bang in the in middle the of the, Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so as it, uh, as it ages, I suppose it changes too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you did 11 years as church planners. That's, that's no mean feat. Like that's a long time mm. in any appointment. Um, obviously did... And at some point you got commissioned. Yes. So some, I think we were maybe... You are, commi- you are commissioned. We you? are commissioned yeah. there. Yeah, 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 no, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just uh, got someone else's yeah, yeah. Yeah, commissioning no, but, to scrub their name out. But was that part of the... Because the timing you talked about, you know, becoming auxiliary lieutenants, the timing wasn't right to sort of move away. Yeah. Was that an acknowledgement that it was time to move on or was it just part of the next part of your... I think it was just a, yeah, part of the next next the stages. Next yeah. What's next? Yeah. Um, we would always joke and say we're going to retire in Torquay and I think our divisional commanders would just laugh and, mm-hmm, yeah, we okay, let's go with that. We did have a few at that time. Yeah. <laughs> what, DCs? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, think we'd, I think in six years we'd had eight DCs. Oh, good. So, yeah, yeah. Keeping, you know, oh, yeah. keeping it real. Obviously <laughs> a whole lot of reasons behind yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you got commissioned? Yeah, in 2007 um, and I think... Um, it's all about how it's communicated or sold to you, or well, not sold to Isn't you. But when, we, when did? Oh, 
I think that was isn't when I got commissioned. 2007. Who were you guys? Must have been. Mm. I think it was 2007. We were the heralds of the good news. No, we weren't. There. Or the freeloaders. Freeloaders for, for Jesus for those who were no, the Gowans we lieutenants. Were, maybe it was the year before or year after. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not about me. <laughs> um, As if. Uh, so, transition, you got commissioned. Did you think at that time that it, you would be leaving at any time soon? No, not really. No. So, how many years are you in at that point? Uh, three, nearly four years in at that okay. time. So, you still got another seven years to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to talk about the next transition because it's you've gone from working in a thrift shop, meeting lots and lots of people, um, having those conversations, really doing community surveys <laughs> about the needs, yep. analysis, like as people come into the shop and stuff. And you're in an environment where you can move pretty quickly. So the needs are this, you go and do that. The needs that, you go and do yep. something else. Then you obviously get the tap. Yeah. Um, the the royal tap. And you're asked to, to leave Torquay. Now that's one transition we can talk about. Yep. And then you, you're asked to go to another appointment. Can you tell people who haven't experienced that what that's like? We, we were absolutely smashed by it. Um, with the sister, you know, the five, eight, ten yeah. review and consultation. Yeah. yeah. Um, the DCs of the time came into the consultation meeting and said, don't expect Phil and Catherine to be in Torquay next year. And it wasn't, we didn't know about it, the leadership team didn't know about it and we all sort of sat around the table with our chins on the, you know, on the floor. Um, it was it was absolutely, shocking is probably the... So yeah, how, the right how, word. How do you handle that disappointment? I think coming back, realising, you know, like as you've got some time to reflect on it, coming to the point that it's actually not your church, even though people in the community, they they had no loyalties to the Salvation Army. They were first generation and yeah. they still are first generation Salvationists. Um, so they could not understand why the Salvation Army would move us because there's no loyalty. You know, like it, you know, like when you're talking to, you know, like generations of Salvationists, people, if they don't like the officer, they just go, we'll bite it, bite our time until they get moved on. Where people had not experienced that. I mean, it's fine to say, thanks, Daisy. It's it's fine to say that it's not your church. Yep. But you've lived it. Yep. You have breathed it. You have ridden every high, every low, every bump, every bruise, yeah, <laughs> every joy as well. Yeah. Um, and so I get that it's not your church, but your life is completely invested. When they say blood, sweat, and tears, it was literally you know when we did the building project. There's literally literally our yeah, blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Yeah. Um, so how did you do with it? Um, I think it was. It was very, very hard, um, particularly when people didn't understand the protocol. It's not appropriate for us to contact people because we all know in ministry, like they're not just your core folk, they're your friends. So it's a very blurred line between when people are, are calling you and or messaging you saying, hey, this isn't right and this isn't right, you can't do anything about it. So I think we had to resign to the fact that 
I think it was a period of time when we realised actually this isn't our church and if God is really the head of the church, which he is, just so you know, um, that, yeah, you have to get to that point. Otherwise you just, yeah, you, you kill yourself in going, wow, I've, yeah. Yeah, but I think you dive into that, you know, what have we done, how do, you know, how how do we support not only ourselves in the move but then how do we build up the congregation to be ready for the move? I guess from my perspective, 12 months before I'd had a bit of, I'd had pretty significant breakdown and, you know, the family or burnout, I should say, um, the family of the church were amazing in bringing me back to, you know, normality. Yeah. Um, so not only have you got that... Um, you guys have just helped me through a really crappy time, but yeah, yeah. It, I'm going to ask you a question, and just we just move on if you're not answering. But you get you get notice um, to move. Mm-hmm. You transition your core for the move, and there's lots of those last, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and then you go to a new place, and you're supposed to be bright and shiny, and you know. Um, what what, and you went to Tassie. Yep. To Launceston. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went to Launceston. Um, different environment again mm-hmm. from yeah. what you you've been at. How do you? And, I, and the reason I ask this is because people, instead of just picking our appointments, we we go through a stage of you know where we do get moved around as part of part of ministry stuff. But how do you make that transition? How do you do it well? And how do you go from one environment which is has a culture and is one thing to a place that is completely different. Not saying it's wrong, yeah. that it's just completely different. Because I think that's one of the fears that people have about entering the ministry. You know, uh, where am I going to end up, and how am I going to get there? Um, and you guys have lived that. I th- I think the hardest thing for us was that we went from a culture of eleven years that we'd set yep. to a culture of one hundred and thirty something years yep. that was ingrained in society. <laughs> Um, and so making any change around that was tough as, you know. Um, you know, and we've all been there, you know, we've all had those conversations. I think we had, we were fortunate where we'd had an extra week of holiday allowed to us, well, coming to us because we'd only had, I don't know why we didn't have our full four weeks, but we'd only had our three weeks during the year Um, and we took the extra week in the transition. So we'd had two weeks, you know, one week of holidays and then one week of moving in. Yeah. Um, And I think that break, that gap gave some leverage as well. So it's not, you know, and there there was times where, you know, you just sit there and... Have a tear and, you know, where where's the what's the world coming to? You know, <laughs> what, what, um, yeah. What about you, Catherine? Would you anything add to that? And I realise this is really personal. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess at different stages we've all been or going through it. Um, but I, I and it's not sort of a race to the bottom to find out how difficult it is. Yeah. It's kind of just to be really honest about it and and frank and stuff. So. Would, yeah, would you it, add anything to that? It was a hard, probably a hard transition. Um, and you're right that when you're going into a new appointment, people have an expectation that you're there to lead and 
yeah, you've got to have the button on, ready to go. <laughs> yep. um, but also that the elders and the leadership team at Launceston were very gracious um, and, you know, like they were a well-established team um, and, yeah, it was, you know, getting to know them and um, and it was very different, you know, like in coming from a middle to high socioeconomic area um, where we had no social expression uh, to coming into an integrated mission um, or a co-located mission that, you know, like it was just poles apart in, in ministry. Um, but like we... We loved our time um, in Launceston. Yeah, there was some challenges and stuff like in every area of ministry uh, and, yeah, I guess we we just felt like we were getting into it when we got that tap to say you're on the move. Time to go. Yep. What, what is your greatest joy in ministry? For me, I love seeing people come to faith and I love seeing life change for people. You know, when they experience Christ for the first time and a light bulb just goes on for them and they experience the Holy Spirit and like they've never had it, you know, they've never had Christ or they've never had anything in their life before and all of a sudden they've got this relationship with Jesus and life, their life changes and I love seeing that. Mm. What about you, Phil? I, I'm a bit the same, but I'm, I'm not so much visionary as Catherine is. I'm more the follow. He does the work. I, I'm the follow up. Um, <laughs> so I used to, when we started talking, I used to joke, um, you know, Catherine would go around lighting bonfires, and I'd have to go around and try and maintain them. Oh, that um, doesn't sound like Catherine. No, um, but I guess I get when, bored with things easily, like you, Matt. <laughs> When people, when I see people understanding the scripture, um, you know, I, I was very privileged that one retired officer said to me, you know, I have had more out of the scripture with your preaching than the last however long it had been. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's, well. that's part of my quirkiness <laughs> or yeah. something. Um, but when people discover the scripture for what it really is and what's behind it and um, and that's kind of my... Where you know yeah, where yeah. where my passion lies, rather than you know don't don't misunderstand that to say I don't like seeing people's lives transformed yeah, and no, people coming to not, faith. No, but I know what you mean. Um, yeah, that yeah. when people start to understand the scripture for what it is, yeah, um, and that it's still relevant today. Yeah, great. Just be, just before we finish, t- talk a little bit about what you're doing now because I think it's quite unique. Yeah, your appointment. Yeah. So um, I have I'm the chaplain at Towards Independence. Um, towards independence here in Adelaide is the alcohol and drug rehab unit. So um, I go and hang out there with the staff and clients. Um, I'm still not sure what a chaplain is. <laughs> um, and I was a bit sceptical when when um, Kelvin gave us the appointments. I was a bit sceptical or cynical about what it looked like. But for some of the things over the last six months that I've been able to do, that I've been able to impact some lives... Um, I'm pretty lucky that Catherine's a good cook, so I get to take in all her, some of her baking to the staff. Oh, do you make shortbread? Um, I can if you want. Nicole Sneed makes the best shortbread in the, in the land. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's I don't pr- make it because Phil doesn't really like okay. it. Okay. But I get to take in the sweet treats to the staff. So, so. You're, making, you're making good connections. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, 
one of the guys who's just graduated. There's two two areas of the rehab unit. Mm. Um, one's quite guided, the other one's quite independent. One of the guys has said, you know, oh, oh, he's been out of jail for eight months now. Um, he said... I just want to get my stuff back. There's three boxes at this house. I just want to go and bang on the door and, you know, yep. kick the door down. And I said, okay, let's go about <laughs> this the right way. And um, I wrote a letter for him to the people yeah. who had his stuff and within two weeks we had it all back for oh, him. Brilliant. And he was, you know, I'm going to take care of this my own old way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to see a man of, you know, jail sort of time... You know. And he could have done it the old way. Quite he could have done it the old way. Yeah, imagine. yeah. Mm. Um, you know, to see him nearly burst into tears because somebody's actually taken the time to write a letter for him to get his stuff back to, you know, and he's transitioned into the duos program, which you know well, um, you know the the feeding program, um, and he comes every Wednesday night, and yeah, good you man. know he just hangs out with us, you know, cool, and, and his life's changing for it. So, but then he's inviting other clients and other people. Um, on a Wednesday night and he's now got a table of all his friends. What, Kath, your officer recruitment, South Australia slash Northern Territory, um, you've got an event coming up. Yes. Give it a plug for those that live in South Australia. So we're taking expressions of interest um, for the event. So it's on the 23rd of August on a Thursday night and we're having it at Unley Core. So uh, if you haven't experienced uh, Unley and their courtyard, it's magnificent. Uh, we're having paella and uh, and we're going to have great coffee. We're going to have a coffee van there as well and just hear a panel of different people uh, and different officers um, that are going to come and talk about their ministry. Yeah. But we're also really passionate about what is it, what's your pathway into ministry? It may not ever be officership, yeah. but... Um, like you alluded to before, that there is different modes of people entering ministry like we did. Um, and so I'm excited with our divisional commanders, Barry and Roz, that we're going to have some expressions of interest of what some of the pathways, you know, like you may never come into ministry, you know, like in the officer mode, but who has God created you to be yep. and the whole campaign of come alive what is it makes you come alive? And so we're just going to explore some of those things um, on the night and uh, and just also, yeah, we've got some other exciting things planned for the night, which Good. is going to be a surprise for you. Great. Um, yeah. So register your interest if, yep. if that's your thing. Um, you go to the, what's the Come Alive webpage? Do you remember the details? Isn't anyway. it salvos.org.au slash come alive? That's it. Yep. And if you go on there, um, there'll be details. Of and it's just an expression of interest at this stage to attend the event. Yep. And then um, have have the conversation really around leadership as well. So it's not just like you said, it's not just officership, but leadership, developing leadership within the context of the Salvation Army. So. Yeah, and there has to be different pathways. There is officership is not for everybody, no. and uh, and you can still minister, believe it or not, outside of officership. Oh, I do believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I do and believe. Yeah. So cool. no, it's going to be a great night. All right. Thanks for, guys, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate your honesty. And there is a lot of hope in what you said. Um, and it, But there is some reality around transitioning, which is an important part for people who are exploring ministry. So thanks for sharing your story. If you've got any questions or comments, you can leave them on the Facebook page, the Salvation Army Australia-Candidates. And again, don't forget to subscribe uh, to more about officership on in iTunes and you'll get the podcast on your device at the end of each week. Thanks very much. Look forward to your company next week um, and we'll see you then. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?